Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash Rinko Lieber. We got the Mardi Gras coming. Though I am the old blues and jazz man. I am Steve Potato Pancake Olivas. And I got my partner over there. That man with the horn. That is my brass section. We call him the Memphis Unicorn, James Breakwell. And James, man, I can't believe we still here for another episode of Wrong and Wronger. I gotta call my mom and tell her what's going on. And she's she's on the phone and she's listening live. James, but how are you doing? I am disappointed. After last week where I said nobody likes your impersonations yeah. and you had zero yeah. positive feedback, one person literally said... I like your impersonation. This is positive feedback. You've got one, Steve. One in the I entire know. world. It's just going to go straight to your head. We have at least one viewer slash listener who knows the score of the game on the field. They know what's good. <laughs> they know what they like. And they're just spreading the good news. But enough about me. Although I'm going to bring it back to me in just a second. But for the time being, how are you doing tonight, James? I'm doing good. There were no pig disasters. There were no child disasters. The only disasters were on your end, which is where they belong. So I am great. <laughs> well, as you can tell, I'm in another location tonight. And uh, that is a weird moving blanket hanging behind me because my wife didn't want everyone to see the disaster that is one of our walk-in closets. <laughs> but my life has come full circle, James. I went from my wife's end of our walk-in closet at the old house to now I have my own walk-in closet that's filled with my wife's stuff. You do the math on that one in our new house. But uh, yeah, disasters aside, I'm doing well because, and this brings me to one of my talking points today. Did you happen to see the results of the poll, James Breakwell? (sighs) Okay, so first of all... The yep. Patriots won the Super Bowl, and that's the uh-huh. only reason you won that debate. You won by, like, uh-huh. 18 votes. It was literally tied on Twitter, and Facebook puts you over the edge because the confused Patriots voters are like, yes, we're terrible. I guess we'll give the votes to Steve. I mean, seriously, it was the most watched event in television, and you won by 18 votes. What is that? That's a loss. That's basically a loss. You should have won by 1,000 votes. How long have you been sitting on that explanation, trying to craft it very <laughs> carefully from nothing into something? That's a remarkable gift. Nothing. That's the truth. That's honestly the truth. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Steve, but the numbers don't lie. You you won barely, which is basically a loss. <laughs> well, one of our crack interns apparently was sick this week, but the other one came through with the right answer, and that was an Olivas victory. See the, And tied the, on Twitter. How weird is that? Yeah, well, you know what? That's the other thing. So it wasn't really, like, it's yeah. within a percentage, so it's rounding. Yeah. So obviously within that percentage, I'm sure I had the 18 votes I needed. I mean, you what? can go ahead and believe no. that, Wait. but... <laughs> that's that's not the point I was dropping. <laughs> that's so weird how you took it that way. It's the I am the beacon of truth here. I'm sorry you don't know how numbers work. I'm oh just here to God, enlighten you. A beacon of baloney <laughs> is what you are. 
But yeah, so the boys are back in town, man. Olivas back in the catbird seat. So now that the universe has been righted, we forgot, and by we, I probably mean me, forgot to ask you what our topic is going to be this week. Well, it's one I'm sure to win whichever side I get. It is which is better for travel, flying or driving? Flying or driving. And also remiss was I talking like Yoda I am, <laughs> to mention that uh, this is Wrong and Wronger, the podcast <laughs> where James and I argue about stuff like this that on the surface seems meaningless, but underneath there is a bubbling, a brewing. We're like Mount St. Helens just waiting to explode. It's like you've eaten too much shank for dinner and now you're a beefy Vesuvius <laughs> just waiting to blow. And that's what James and I have going on every week. I, of course, am a little better than him because I won last week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what that means. The proof is in the pudding. Whatever, whatever, man. I just, I, I can't, I can't keep educating you on how math works. It's just, it's somewhat, it's like trying to, trying to teach math to a tree stump. It's okay. You just keep, you just keep believing what you believe. All right. Well, it just so happens my mother's listening in live this week, and so it's probably a good week to have her because me being the victor have all the spoils. And uh, we always begin, and this is the part my mother loves the most when you compliment me. When you tell me something that she may not even have thought of, and she's thought of most of the compliments because she's a good mom. But what have you got nice to say about me this week, loser? I mean, James. <laughs> I am going to have to dig deep. I would like to what? compliment you for, for yeah, yeah, only yeah. being three minutes late. You are always, oh. always, always exactly on time. And tonight, as your life fell apart, you couldn't find the part that goes to the other part that goes to the parks. There's always something missing. <laughs> you did not call me at 9 o'clock or 9.01 or 9.02. It was 9.03. Yeah. And only after I texted you, believe it or not, I was about to send you a second message asking if you were dead. Because given your <laughs> advanced age and obvious lack of physical prowess, it was the next logical conclusion. I really thought you might have been like sprawled out on the floor of Journey 3 Studio just waiting for resuscitation. And I was going to hope you had a DNR. I really was. I, was, I didn't want to save you. I just wanted to know if I could move on with my night. So I would like I would like to compliment you for not being more late than three minutes. Congratulations on living because I really, really thought you were dead. And kind of hope too. <laughs> Wow. No kinder words have been spoken to me, at least in the last few minutes. That's fantastic. And yeah, for three minutes, I was downstairs yelling at my wife about how I can't stand technology. And if I was Breakwell's age, I wouldn't be having these problems because everything just magically falls into place for you every week. But speaking of falling into place, I just want to wrap back. We're going to do what's called lotusing. I'm going to do a callback to last week and your pig story. That seems to have been the hit of the internet this week. A lot of people propping Breakwell for that pig story. And if you haven't watched or listened to Wrong or Wronger last week, you got to go back because it's uh, it's the majesty that is Breakwell. <laughs> just flowing in an ad lib, ad hoc kind of manner. Just uh, stuff that happened to him not five minutes before was quickly assembled and delivered in a cogent and funny <laughs> manner. And James, did you see all your positive feedback? No, I did not. I don't. I'll be honest. I almost never read the comments on the podcast because I think they can't possibly be good. There's no way a reasonable human being would listen to this and come away with a good impression. So like, oh yeah, I just I, I have to shield myself. So if people actually liked it, which shocks me beyond belief, I will go back and read those comments. <laughs> 
I don't know. I have half of your followers blocked anyway for all the horrible <laughs> things they've said to me. But the ones that still slid through, they were really tipping their cap. Well, that's to James Breakwell. Pretty amazing. So thank you to the ones who haven't been blocked. You guys are great. <laughs> Well, as per usual, I am about to flip the Guam quarter of fate. And James, what do the two sides represent for you? Heads, I'm flying. Tails, I'm driving. Heads, you're flying. All right, flying heads. It is up, it is down, and it is actually Guamish today. Ooh. You, sir, are driving. Well, thank goodness, because that is the method of travel by which all reasonable people want to go. You only fly when you absolutely have to. When you're going to cross an ocean or when driving there would use up too many days of your vacation, you say, okay, I guess I'll bite the bullet, pay an absurd amount of money, go and get there three hours early, get through, you know, security, get on the plane, risk sitting next to the Steve Levis or, you know, some gigantic human being who probably hasn't showered in three weeks. Nobody ever... I like that you put the in front of my name. That makes it so much more regal. I mean, I mean, nobody ever has good flying stories. Nobody comes and says, boy, that was a dream experience. But when somebody lands for a flight, they give you a laundry list of every single thing that went wrong. Every flight is like that. Let me tell you something. When I, when I went to Detroit for a convention uh, last last February, yeah. they uh, they offered to fly me. And I looked at the map, and it was a four-hour drive. I said, no. Even though I could fly there in like an hour, by the time I drove to the airport, checked in, went through everything, waited for the flight, landed there, rented a car... I, there was no, there was no challenge. I, it, I just drove there in four hours. I had my own car. I didn't have to check my baggage. It was all right there in my trunk, easy as could be. And here's the other thing: when you fly, you end up having to get a car at the end of it anyway. You don't, yeah. you don't fly like directly to your hotel or directly to your house. There's still going to be vehicular <laughs> transportation anyway. So unless you're going in extreme distance or crossing a body of water, driving is the way to go. And you've got no leg to stand on this week. James, I don't know if you've ever been stuck in the car with all of your children before. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and guess you have. That 15-minute uh, journey to daycare or their school, could there be a more trying part of your day? <laughs> you've got yelling, you've got fighting, you've got vomiting. I, I remember I got a brand new car when my son had just been born and had leather seats. I'd never had a car with leather seats. We were broke for most of our marriage. And the kid vomited all over the leather seats. And I knew it was coming and I couldn't stop it. <laughs> and I think, why do I want this misery in my life? If the kid vomits, let it be a stewardess's problem oh, to clean it up oh, or flight attendants or whatever. You're the person to fly with. <laughs> Now, flying, man, it's perfect because you can read a magazine, you can listen to tunes, you can watch a movie, you can talk to the Steve Oliva <laughs> sitting next to you. <laughs> you can ask him, why are you not wearing pants on the airplane? And I'm like, this is my emotional support thing that I'm wearing here. And then they look and then it's all over. But the problem with driving in general is time. And I know that you can squirm a little in your seat, but man, have you ever been sitting for four hours without moving? Man, when you reach my age, your back hurts, your <laughs> knees hurt. It's just the most uncomfortable thing in the world. I would rather have a little Vivaldi playing sprightly overhead while I'm on a, a, a perfume.
doomed flight with a bunch <laughs> of strangers. I, I have uh, men and women coming down the aisles feeding me, giving me drinks, asking if I would like anything else. And then I ask them for the Beatles' White Album, and they're all your age, and they look at me and don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But air travel is quick, and it's convenient, man. You have Lola drop you off right at the front door of the airport. Now, when you're me, life is a little bit easier because I get to breeze through all the lines. But even if you're not me, <laughs> Thank goodness. the lines aren't that long. <laughs> if you were me, your life would take two steps in the right direction. But, and then fall off the cliff. But if you were anybody else, the, I know how people talk about the nightmares and the lines and TSA. It just doesn't work that way. You and I live in mid-sized cities. The airports, your airport is really easy to navigate, actually. I've been in every airport, big, small, and medium size in this country, and it's just simple. You just take a nap. You can nap. Do you ever nap while you're driving? Yes. I would guess the answer is no. <laughs> I'm glad that you agreed with me right on the front end there. <laughs> No, air travel, it's just way more convenient. And sure, you got to rent a car, but you can get a cool car. You can get a car that you would never buy for yourself. And you can treat that thing like a rented mule, that car. Like, there's just too many advantages. Nobody wants to put the miles on their car either. All that wear and tear. Now, air travel for me, Breakwell. Okay, I'm going to blow your mind here with something. But when you're driving, no. if your back hurts... <laughs> this will be a first, yeah, Okay, right. get ready for it. You can <laughs> right. park the car wherever you want. You can pull off at a rest stop or a gas station or a park, whatever. And you can get out and you can stretch. You can stop for a minute. You can stop for an hour and get something to eat. You can stop for two hours. You can pull over in a hotel. You can do whatever you want because when you are in the car, you are in control. When you are on that airplane, you are locked in. And they're not going to let you go and do wind sprints up that aisle. They're not going to let you get up and stretch. If you get up, it's to go to the bathroom, and then you get back to your seat, and you sit down. You are trapped. You are on the log flume. You are you are locked in. You're on the rails, and there's no way off. When you drive, you have total freedom. And here's the thing. You're married. I'm married. You trade off with the spouse. Usually, when we drive places, I have Lola drive, and then I can sit there. I can write books. It's amazing. We've got, we've got and you want to talk about snacks and stuff? We've got a whole thing of snacks in there with us. If you're flying on the airline, they give you one tiny little bag of pretzels, like half a glass of pop, and then if you want more than that, it's going to cost you $75. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's just exorbitant fees, if they even have anything. Some places, even for any amount of money, they won't give you stuff, because they just don't carry it, because they've cut everything to the bone. There's nothing there. Whereas when your own vehicle, you get infinite snacks. And you want to tell me that I should take my four kids flying? No, never. I would. There's no way I will ever take all four of them on an airplane, especially <laughs> not at this age. But I, I put them in the minivan, I flip down the TV, they watch their show i put in my headphones i listen to music i read books i write books i take naps it's amazing then i rotate with lola i drive and she does all the same things i just did it is convenience incarnate and flying is a scam not to mention the fact that i can do it for a fraction of the cost i mean gas is what like 230 240 a gallon right now how much does it cost to fly steve how much does it cost to fly uh southwest runs 99 dollars sales all the time and i'm sure that's what you're flying huh <laughs> the Steve Olivas is flying $99 Southwest? I don't think so. I don't know. Someone else buys my tickets for me. But James, if you had to go on a vacation to the Grand Canyon, your kids would be in college by the time you got there. Like, why do you want to wreck all of your vacation? Come on. Air travel, the only way to go. You get there, you got all the time in the world. Plus, when you go west, you get all that time back. It's like time stands still when you're in the air. It's a fantastic thing. You ought to look into it. They invented airplanes a while ago. You know what is really terrible? When you are on an airplane with kids, and your kids are awful, they're awful with an 
audience. So when my kids are awful in the minivan, no matter how terrible they are, <laughs> me and Lola are the only ones on planet Earth who see that. But you know what? I get on a plane and they act up. Oh my gosh, there's going to be 80 people who want to throw me off that plane. It's going to be terrible. They're going to call the air marshal. I'm going to get arrested. It's just going to be a disaster. In my own car, my husband says, I can solve that my own way. It's the Wild West and nobody has to know about it. It is the perfect call solution. You break well. Yeah, there's no, uh, I mean, I can't imagine the amount of pressure it would be. You, and you see those poor saps who do fly with kids. like, And they, they, they call over the intercom. You know, if you're riding with a small child, you can board first. And you see them when they're carrying the, the car seat over their back and they got the kid on their lap <laughs> and they got 75 bags to take with them. And you look in their eyes and there is just despair <laughs> and defeat. And I never want to be that person. I will drive if I have my kids in the car, no matter how long it takes. And if I can't drive there, I'm just not going to go. And that's the easiest solution of all. James, there will come a point in your life where you think, you know what? It's worth biting the bullet and dropping a couple extra bucks into this because I'm worth it. <laughs> I am worth someone else pampering me. And if your kids act up, you know what actually happens? There's a bunch of stuffy guys in suits that are going to give you the stink eye. But most of the time, you'll get people being like, oh, dude, man, I've been there. I feel for you. Like, there's a whole lot of bonding among the parents. You'll get a couple free drink tickets slid your way. <laughs> and that's really the least that I can do. But... It's a, it's a communal experience on the plane because, uh, as Billy Joel sang in Goodnight Saigon, we will all go down together. And so everyone kind of bonds together. Unless there's crazy people with those emotional support llamas that they bring <laughs> on the plane or peacocks or whatever they have. but Or pelicans. Or mine was an otter named Squeaky. Oh but the point is... <laughs> you won last week! How did you win last week? This is how you always are! <laughs> You know what's great? There are very few times I catch you off guard and make you bust out laughing, and I love those. I live for those moments. That's great. Anyway, air travel's the way to go. You got to shake the dice and get us out of here. All right. Yeah, but I, you know what, though? You, you, I can't imagine flying with you. You're bonding with other passengers. When I get on an airplane, my only goal is to talk to no one, to have eye contact with no one, to sit there, put on my headphones, look straight down. You're over here bonding with people. I, I can't even. Let me go get the dice and get us out of here. Oh I'm a very sociable creature. What are you going to do? You you are everything that's wrong with air travel today. <laughs> everything. Do you know how many times my wife has said, will you please stop talking to people? I said just said, will you please she stop talking in general? She's the person she doesn't well, want you talking to. <laughs> there's a subtext. Yeah. All right, let me roll the dice here. If you want to vote for driving across the great roads of America... Vote, which you you wouldn't, but yeah. Vote for sixty four. If you are insane yeah. and want to be stuck in a a security line at the airport for the rest of your life, vote for fifty one. And if you want to throw your vote away, like vote for the number six. Just the number six. All right. The number six, of course, is one-third the number of the beast, so you wouldn't vote for that anyway. <laughs> 51 is like more than half. That is 51%, and that is the way you have to sway your votes, because that's roughly what I won by this week. <laughs> and if you really were supposed to drive, James would have had 66, not 64. Is there a Route 64? Probably, but it goes through Wichita. Nobody wants to be there anyway. So you know exactly what the plan is laid out before you. I'm not going to be as smug next week, because I'm not going to need to drive it into Breakwell that I finally won, because I'll have two in a row, and I'll be on a streak that's probably never going to end. But until then, tune in next week when you'll see us do all of this another time. I'll probably be in another location, although I'm actually home next week. I'm traveling to Western... 
PA this week. I can't even remember where the hell I am. Until then, this is Steve, Dr. Steve, Steve Olivas, talking for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening. Subscribe to those channels, folks. That is our lifeblood. And remember, two wrongs can make a right.